0: Welcome to track number 21 of Pastors of Thousands.
1: Hallelujah. Bleakness is taken away. Bleakness is taken away. You are the next person to do well in the ministry. I say you are the next person to do very well in the ministry. Hallelujah. 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 For Ephraim,
2: <laughs>
1: their glory shall fly away like a bed from the birth, from and from the womb, and from the conception. Amen. Though they bring up their children, yet will I bereave them, that there shall not be a man left. Look at the castle. I won't show you where to read. I'm reading for you. (laughs) Though they bring up their children, yet I will bereave them. This one, they are forcing to bring forth and is being taken away. Every curse. You see, I want you to see sometimes you are ministering, trying to do well, but it's not working. Because certain spiritual things are in place against your life. But tonight is the night where all those things are broken in Jesus' name. <laughs> Ephraim, as I saw Tyros, is planted in a pleasant place. I see a river of fruitfulness flowing away But Ephraim shall bring forth His children to the murderer Pastors have been Preaching and bringing forth Their children (laughs) And murderers have been coming to kill them But tonight Every murderer That has been murdering Your members is broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are going to do well. Amen. Give them, O oh Lord, what will thou give? Give them a miscarrying womb and dry breasts. Amen. When a person is operating in certain cases, he can never do well. When your father says that the wind, it's against you You will be trying But the, the thing will not be working A miscarrying womb You will force to bring for the church And it will miscarry You force to Let your breast bring milk But it will be dry All dryness is taken away In Jesus name You may take your seats Are you ready to welcome the river That? I think How many are ready for the river of fruitfulness? I see the river of fruitfulness flowing. I see the river of fruitfulness flowing. I see the river of fruitfulness. Flowing tonight. Make yourself available for God to heal barrenness. Now, let me tell you something. The fact that you are where you are in the ministry. It's not because you are at the right place. You understand? Or oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that some of us are where we are and we are content. And we feel that this is where I, I'm supposed to be or this is where I can be. But God is saying that there is a higher place where you can be. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And the river of fruitfulness is going to flow. Ezekiel 47 we'll come back to Lady Pastor Michal but we are okay. let's just go back to Lady Pastor Mikal and then we'll come to this river so Lady Pastor Michal continues I was sharing with you some things about familiarity what's the first thing every Christian should know about familiarity what was the principal cause of the Lady Pastor's barrenness familiarity and what were some of the other causes pride Pride. what else no No. what or missing some of the meetings was that not it next one not Not being what not being spiritual next one Jealousy. jealousy what else attacking the church members what else Despisements. what else that's it alright now what are some of the things you should know about familiarity number one. Ten things is it ten things how many things are those but what was the title how many th- did I give you huh three things ok things you should know number one is what Familiarity is the greatest block for the inflow of God's power to God's man. all the people who came forward for prayer, for the missionary work, immediately after this session, please don't go to your rooms. We'll just sit here for a very short, important meeting. Amen. And then the older missionaries too should also be around for, for that meeting. Amen. Step number one is what? Is the greatest block to the inflow of God's power. But tonight... I said, tonight, every block that blocks the flow of the anointing into your life and into your ministry is broken in Jesus' name. I said, it's broken in Jesus' name. I said, it's broken in Jesus' name. name." Every spirit of familiar. A lot of you are very familiar with Pastor Richard. That's why you yawn when he preaches. That's why when he preaches, you feel sleepy. Because if I told you President Clinton was here. He would wake up immediately. But if I tell the Pastor Richard is here, he may fall asleep. I, I tell my people, everybody suffers from familiarity. Abba, is it not true? Yeah. Have you seen me suffering from familiarity before? Have you seen people suffering from familiarity around me? Keep smiling. Amen. Number two, quickly. No matter how great the anointing and the gift of God is, it will not flow to you. The fact that it's not flowing is not because it's not great. It's not flowing not because it's not great. It's not flowing because of the familiarity. And I said two of the greatest ministries suffered from familiarity is that not so which are these ministries elijah and who else jesus christ and who else moses and miriam isn't it miriam was not criticizing because she was a relative she was a relative she has stayed with moses for a long time when moses was hungry the house that he used to come and eat she has been cooking for moses for many years is it today that he's coming to say glory of god Glory of God and cloud of God. That he's seen Jehovah and he's seen what not. Come on there. Why should you marry uh, an Ethiopian? I now have a right to make a comment about your marriage. Careful. But you are free from the spirit of familiarity in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Next point. Familiarity carves out a road which redirects the anointing to people who are not suffering from familiarity. In it. Do you remember I showed you the example here? Who was the person who received the anointing? Lorraine, the little girl who was standing here. And all the big guys and the relatives, they were down there. Isn't that so? And the wives. They were there. And the anointing came all the way and traveled. Across the seas, I will have a committee, and I will have some pastors who are not here, but assemblies of God in Malaysia will gather all their pastors and fly me to Malaysia to come and talk to their pastors as a committee. <laughs> because we're in Malaysia, they want it. but right here. They may not want it. It's a wonderful thing. Or even shepherds. If you are a shepherd and you don't come for shepherd's camp, you are in danger of not being a shepherd anymore. In fact, in Accra, we haven't told you people, but in Accra, if you don't come to the shepherd's camp, you are not a shepherd anymore. One time I had a shepherd's camp, and I asked how many were shepherds. Most of the people there were not shepherds. And most of the shepherds were not at the camp. And the place was full. So even at that camp, I was going to teach about leadership. But when I got to the camp, I realized that there were no shepherds at the camp. That was unhelpful. So I decided to teach about love. <laughs> yeah. I thought about love for the whole camp. Alex, were you at the camp?
2: Yeah.
1: And Peter was there as well. Yeah. But it was a very good camp too.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. But the, sh- the shepherds didn't come. Shepherds didn't come. So it's a wonderful thing, sometimes familiarity, and like people say, sometimes when they travel, they say, oh, we really miss the headquarters. In fact, it's when you travel that you know what you have. But when they are here, you come, you come for a meeting, (laughs) another meeting, it's late, oh, this, that, oh man, do we have to wait again, etc. We don't value it. Till we lose it but from today every spirit of familiarity is broken in your life in yeah. Jesus name the voice of your pastor will be like the voice of God to you yeah. you will respect the voice of your pastor yeah. and you will accept that the voice of your pastor is the voice of God speaking to you yeah. Hallelujah yeah. next thing you should know about familiarity is what? It's an, it is an unavoidable disease. Amen. 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 It is an unavoidable disease. Unavoidable disease. Hallelujah. Amen. Why do I say it is unavoidable? Huh? It's inborn. Stand up, Archibald. Do you think you suffer from familiarity for Helen? Pardon? Yes. Yes. How do you know?
3: Um, probably my, my reaction and attitude towards certain things regarding her.
1: You see. Not Archibald, but somebody else. Sit down was walking with his beloved. And as they were walking, she tripped over a stone. And he turns, oh! And he held her. Then he bent down to her foot. come bent down to her foot. Are you, are you okay? You (laughs) alright? Okay everything? Then he took the stone, the stone which he tripped over. He took the stone, and then he threw it away. All right, okay, everything. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) Then, nine months later, they are walking on the same road. Come, and then. She, she, she trips over the stone.
2: I said, Ah, can't you see where you
1: are walking? <laughs> the road is in front of you, you. You can't see. Hurry up and come. You are, just, you are delayed. <laughs> what has happened? The first time I was looking at her, I said, You're right. Okay everything <laughs> And and I'm throwing the stone away. And today I'm asking her whether she can't see. And that she should hurry up and we are going. I don't even want to know whether she's her leg is pain in her
2: Huh
1: I should say it again. How precious they are before we marry them how precious they are you okay
2: okay everything
1: (laughs) but after we've married and you've seen them over and over and over even when you see her standing there naked
2: oh oh, man, You see the person standing there naked
1: and said, hurry up and move from there please, hurry up. You "You are sucking the naked. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me, I'm going somewhere. Move, move, move. And you are sucking. You cannot even see that the clothes that she's wearing is king.
2: <laughs>
1: Careful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an unavoidable disease. Which you must teach yourself that you are going to fight against. Otherwise, it will eat you up. And you will be consumed by it without even knowing it. Sometimes you see people and maybe the other person, maybe the, it's not even the, the husband of the person, but maybe the husband's friend you get it and then he's very concerned about your wife and, and you are not oh leave her she, she's okay you know and he is concerned <laughs> she said I'm feeling tired oh she's always tired <laughs> let's go it's normal she said that her hair is painting me her hair is painting me you don't even check the hair you see, and I realized, because as a doctor, I mean, I know there are certain pains. When you say my hair is paining me, my hair is paining, my hair is paining me, I, you know that this pain is nothing. Because I'm a doctor, I know that this there's nothing there. And they, 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 every pain has, every pain which causes a disease has a pattern, has a description. So if you say that there is the pain that comes here, that it moves here, and it comes. One guy. I had a I think it was a miracle service, He had a pain and it moves here. And it comes in and it goes through the leg. I said, Man. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are a doctor and you hear that, you know that there's no diagnosis for that. You just say it is okay. It's alright. <laughs> but now I have learned that if my wife says that here yeah, is pain in me, because I've heard my wife say that before that me, I don't check, I don't look at them. I'm not so if my wife says that here is pain, I know that it's not. Oh, where? <laughs> <laughs> where is <Where's> the pain? <laughs> then I'll just do something like that I <laughs> said, everything okay?
2: <laughs> so that I've done my part. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: if your wife is preaching, you hear your name in the preaching, you'll be surprised. <laughs> so uh, anything, I'll check it, even though I know. Sometimes when she goes to the doctor and comes said the doctor said, when I was telling him that this and this place is paining me and this place is he was just nodding, he said, oh, it's like that, uh, it's like that. I said, I told you. But I now know that I have to show concern. Even if I'm pretending, I have to try and pretend to be concerned. Because I'm concerned, only I know that it's nothing. So I know that nothing can be done, there's nothing, but I have to. Because if hijackers can ask you, concern, okay everything. Hmm. Hallelujah. So familiarity is a disease which is almost unavoidable. So you have to tell yourself, look, you are becoming overfamiliar and losing the power of the glory and the beauty that is around you. You don't even inst- see it or interpret it anymore because of your problem of familiarity. Amen. Amen. One day... I was talking to a certain couple. I think we were going to get mine. I said, I said to the person, because I could see the, the brother was just, he was just burning. Was, I, said, I said to him, <laughs> I said to him, brother, he said, I said, can you imagine that one day your wife will be lying by you naked and you will not even stretch your hand like this to touch? He said, in fact, I cannot imagine such a thing at all. <laughs> I cannot imagine that such a thing can happen. And you said the guy was electrified. But you are healed from every familiarity spirit. In Jesus' name. No, but it's real. It's real. It's very, very real. You don't know what you have. Sometimes you have something good. But I see you rising up and overcoming. What is the next thing about familiarity? You can do what? By fighting it honestly and constantly. Amen. Where is the Dick's Bible that was hanging around somewhere here? You can only you can fight it now what do i mean by fighting it honestly how, how do you fight it honestly how do you fight it honestly yeah admitting it admitting it how many people here feel that you, you suffer from familiarity with me raise up your hand only one person here two nearly just because she's sitting on the third row she's already suffering from familiarity two people think so now I I know a whole lot of you suffer from familiarity you don't even know it oh yeah you see I'm the preacher you are the receiver a whole lot of guys suffer from familiarity and a whole lot of people don't suffer from familiarity but a whole lot of people suffer from familiarity amen (laughs) <laughs> Alex, what do you think about what I'm saying? You think it's true? Stand up and tell us why. i give him a microphone.
3: Um, I, I believe it's true because um, I've been um, in Accra with the bishop And uh, I have been here also when he's here. And in other places, uh, let's say the campuses. And um, I personally noticed that the reception he got was different in um, these very places as compared to uh, Accra. So I I actually told myself once that the people see him differently from the way I see him. So, from the way who sees I I see him. So I you are honest. You. Oh, yeah. I actually told myself and my wife, we, we spoke about it. That's what? That's uh, that what Um uh, When I go out and I see the way people receive the bishop, it's um, a bit different from the way um, we approach him. Because um, around that time, you were coming to our, our house and and uh, we're getting to know you more than just in church. So, for me, the the, the reason why I came for the camp meeting here the first time was was in an effort to 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 see the bishop differently. So I think it's true.
1: So are you see me differently. Oh yes, yes. In what way are you seeing me differently? Oh,
3: more as the bishop than more as a father, as, as somebody I can receive from. Somebody who has something I can, I must have. Than just um, a pastor in the church, because it was more, it was becoming for me. I felt that it was becoming more like a pastor in the church, a senior pastor in the church, which was very different from somebody I was deliberately getting something from.
1: Obi. Yeah, you want to say something? Give me a mic. Bada, thanks for thy contribution.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just want to uh, i mean support what he's saying because when I came to Ghana with my wife, we realized that because when we came, and one of the things we kept saying that uh, it looks like the people here, they don't see the bishop the way uh, we see him at all, because I mean people were talking, and I wanted to tell them to keep quiet so that I could catch every word. <laughs> and uh, I mean... People were talking when I was preaching. Yeah, I mean, they were relaxed, and, and one time too, I, I came to, there was a meeting in the cathedral, and I remember rushing from countrymen so that just I could get in there and be there early. It wasn't even, I wasn't even supposed to. I mean, it was a meeting we have other people, but then I remember when I got there, I mean, some of the pastors, uh, they came in one, th- I mean, when the meeting had started, some of them were still downstairs, taking their time, I said, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> so I realized that it's, it's, it's a real, real thing. When you're around the person, it, it, the disease eats you faster.
2: <laughs> <than>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you see, it takes honesty to see familiarity in, in its existence, and especially if it is eating you. So, how about Pastor Richard? Now you always say bishops. I'm there, but let's say Pastor Richard. Do you think people suffer from familiarity in London? With Pastor Richard, who said yes? Steve, stand and tell us what you're saying. <laughs>
3: Yes, yeah, Steve.
4: I think, as far as uh, Pastority is concerned, um, I think I'm just going to echo what uh, Pastor Alex has said. I'll ask some more, but um, Pastor now we've been we've been talking along along these lines, you know, for some time now, because it's, um, I've often been accused of um, showing <laughs> signs of um, familiarity, like whenever he's preaching, you know, I tend to sometimes uh, nod off a bit and stuff. <laughs> And Pastor Riz has always been saying that it's because I'm very familiar with him, that's why. And I've always been arguing that I don't think that's the case at all. You know, it's always been a, you know, arguing point. That's
1: when I'm preaching sometimes to you also, not (laughs) (laughs) of Oh,
2: oh. (laughs) So. So it's not only Pastor Richard.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been at pains to explain to Pastor Richard that it's not familiar, it's more of maybe a sort of tiredness thing, <laughs> not popularity. But I think on, on a more serious note, I think there's always that tendency. I mean, I, I'm going to speak as a person and I'm, as an individual as far as um, Reverend I is concerned that, you know, we, 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 we've been, uh, we work, um, we, uh, you know, um, with him, um, under him, and alongside him you know, um, in a party church. And, you know, the more, like what Pastor Obi is saying, the more, you know, I flow with him as a pastor. I think there's always a tendency that, you know, you also want to, him to be a friend. And, or you want to befriend him. And sometimes, you know, as soon as you begin to develop that friendship side of things, you don't know whether you are crossing the line of a pastor and a sheep or, um, you know, you are getting into the realms of familiarity. So that's where sometimes it becomes a bit blurred. but I think sometimes so, some of the um, some of the things are quite you know overt. I mean, we see it that you know this is we are stepping beyond uh, our, our, our line here. But I think sometimes too, there's a you know that, that distinction is not there, and you know unless you know we see the result. I don't know if I'm making myself confused, but I think <laughs> you know, I think what you're saying is true. Um, the the um, the more you flow with the person, just like you know what, what's happening in the cathedral in Accra, you know the more we flow with um, uh, Pastor Richard. I think that tendency is always going to be there. So. You know, any teaching on how to deal with it, you know, I, I would really.
1: You would like a teaching on how to deal with it.
4: Especially the sleeping one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 In fact. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: Wonderful. So, I think that that is the best attitude to have about familiarity. If you are close to somebody, immediately or constantly ask yourself, or in fact tell yourself, right, that it is likely that I have some familiarity without even knowing it. And familiarity is something that you must run away from you must be careful because it is a form a subtle form of disloyalty it's it it is the entry of disloyalty it is the it is it is the it is if you like the the cosmetic cosmetic form it has been uh is like an improved disloyalty improved this form form of disloyalty disloyalty which does not open itself And come out against you, sometimes even in a word, but it is disloyalty. Familiarity can turn you against whom you are supposed to believe in. And the most important thing about familiarity is that it cuts you off from a great flow of the anointing. That's all. That's the main thing. Like I said, I will travel from far away in Africa and Kenneth Taken has never been to Africa. He has been to South Africa only once he has been invited many times he doesn't go he doesn't go anywhere he just stays in America the only place he goes is in America and I will travel far from Africa to come and see him and the person who is standing next to him doesn't have any interest in him it's, it's, it's very wonderful so I think that you need to be aware that with Jesus with Elijah with Moses no matter who it is you must be careful of that and be honest And say look this thing uh, perhaps it is I am suffering from familiarity and I have to be honest about of course those who will never be healed of familiarity are those who say oh me I don't have a problem with familiarity oh no many people who are close with me are familiar with me and they don't know I remember one time and that's why I never stay with anybody in a room when I travel anywhere but I remember one time I was was moving around with uh, some other some pastors and so on and one day I was there, and one person made w- made a comment and was was, was calling me uh, Obroni something. I said, "Hey, is it because I'm moving around with you? I'm sleeping in the same room with you, and so on, and we're moving around now? It, it's like in a joke." And there was some other person who was like joking something. I said, "Hey, he it's a wonderful thing," and it's just like you just even flow with people. That is why you have uh, sometimes people really exhort themselves. I was listening to one pastor saying. He said, "Say this after me." He was going to lay hands on them. Say this after me. I am going to receive a superior anointing, a <laughs> uh, 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 superior. Just how did it go? Yeah. A yeah. You say know. say this after me. That my uh, you you occupy a higher position in Christ than me. <laughs> <laughs> you you make you lead you in many confessions, and one of the confessions you make is that he occupies a higher position in Christ than me. And I'm about to receive an anointing who will take you through a lot of government before he lays hands on you. And you see, they constantly try to show you what you are and what you are not. And people try to differentiate by cars, by this, by that, and so many things. You understand? But I, I, I think that what perhaps one of the best people that you can ever ask to teach you how to overcome familiarity is Reverend Zaki. Because I think that even though I've been with him for many, many years... He's particularly not familiar with me. He could come to my bedroom where I sleep and talk to me in my house. I'll go to his bedroom. We talk, we fellowship. But he doesn't have that thing. It's, it's, it's a good thing. So uh, you have to ask him to write a book on that. Huh? Yeah. Yes, he has a certain way of relating with me which is... An interesting thing for someone who has been with someone for so long, he has watched me being up and being down. But you can't be with somebody for a long time and only be up. Sometimes you'll be down. <laughs> but I've seen a whole lot of other people who don't know how. And as soon as you expose them and become close to you and they become friends with you and they chat with you a little and talk with you, and so, you realize from certain things they even say. You realize that this person has, the family doesn't even know it. Like I said with marriage you will not even know that you have become familiar with the person. That's why you don't value her. And not that you hate her or you dislike her, but that preciousness that was there. That 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 delicateness with which you handle her. is has gone. It's not there. Amen. Are, are you listening to me? Yeah. Familiarity is a dangerous thing. Turn to Psalm 41. Psalm 41 verse 9. It says, Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, has lifted up his what? Heel. His heel against me. <laughs> who is the one who lifted up his heel? My own familiar friend. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there, or you decided to go back home? Amen. So, fami- what was the last point I gave you about familiarity? I give you that it's, a, it's an unavoidable disease. All right. Now, the next point: familiarity is commonest in close people, friends, and relatives. Amen. 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 Now, so if you are close to somebody, you must, like Steve is saying, In fact, you must tell yourself, you see, it's like me. You know one of the things I tell myself? I tell myself that I must fight pride. Why? Because people who are successful, people who are blessed, people who make it, are often proud. And they don't even know they are proud. So right now if I'm proud, I won't know. But I am in the category of people who become proud easily. Oh, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. So I always have to do and it's like if you are from a certain age onwards you may check certain parameters in your health because certain things start to creep in at a certain age before then you know. so when you get into a certain bracket you know that you are susceptible to certain things it's a reality so you may want to check because now you are in that category but before you were not in that category if you are 20 years old you are not in a certain category if you are a certain age, you are not in a certain category. But when you get into a certain category, you may want to check. Because suddenly you fall into that category of people who have such a disease. Amen. So when you fall into that category of people, which are relatives, close people, friends, you know, people who are whatever. Suddenly, you must be very careful and become conscious of it. Wives. You may not know that you are familiar with your husband. Just like husbands, I was showing you husbands are familiar with their wives, wives are familiar with their husbands. In the end, you don't value anybody, you don't respect anyone. Nobody respects anybody in the house. And you find that everybody talks by heart. Anyhow, before you realize that the way you talk, and this one said that you would never have talked to me like this some years ago. You have got that this is what you are saying to me today. It's because I've lowered myself that you are getting an opportunity to. to to say such rubbish to me today some years ago you would have just told me that you love me today listen to what you are saying so as soon as you get into that category you must now begin to be constantly honest I don't think I'm proud I could easily be proud without knowing that I'm proud am I proud how many think I'm proud Dorothy, am I proud? You can't even say. If I'm even proud, you can't say. If you say, it's like you are somewhere. It's like somewhere. The question I'm even asking is true. Somebody in my position, I come and ask you, am I proud? Catherine, am I proud? Karen, am I proud? No. How do you know I'm not not proud? Are you in my heart? Why am I not proud? I
2: don't think you are.
1: He, does, he doesn't think about that. <laughs> I could easily be proud. As much as am I proud? You see, that's what you say. But what does God say? So I'm praying about it. It's between me and God. I'm praying about it. So that if there is, that's why I keep looking for signs of pride. I was once reading a, a magazine. And I saw he gave three signs of pride. One is when you laugh at people. Oh yeah. So I wrote it down people who laugh at other pastors or other churches. And when I saw it, I said, I will never laugh at any pastor or any church. He said that when he, told, he said they became very proud before they were humbled. He said one of the things that when you hear them talking about other ministries which are not making it so I said, laughter mockery. About other so what I, what I say, well, this is a good sign. So it's something you look for, signs, so I let them give me some signs so that I can always be applying them. So I'm going to give you the signs of familiarity. Amen. Yeah. But we'll come to that. How many want the signs of familiarity so that you can be checking them and fight it honestly and constantly? Yeah. Amen. Yes. Today's signs. One is laughing at people. That's all I'm giving you. I can't remember the other ones. <laughs> That's what I remember. I remember that particular one. Because I've seen pastors laughing at people before. And other churches. And I realised that it's something that happens. When you are making it. And you laugh at people who are not making it. You see, I told you they were not called. They are all walking. There's a pastor who does not have a car. You are laughing at him and saying that he's not called. Because he doesn't have a car. If he was called, he would have had a car. I've seen it. Amen. Now, the next thing you must know about familiarity. Familiarity is common in people who are overexposed to the man of God. Now, when you are overexposed, the person you always see the person you get familiar. That's why, like they are saying in my own church, you come and see that ah, but they don't they don't seem to have that you know attitude because I'm always with them, but no problem, I'll be with them, amen. That's where I'm supposed to be. Hallelujah. Every pastor is supposed to be that's one of the challenges of a pastor, he's supposed to stay with the people, and the people will be familiar with him, and he's conquering it. That's why sometimes we teach. Your pastor's voice, a man Chalak, and various things to help the people to have a good mind to receive. That's the duty of your pastor. That's a challenge of your pastor. An evangelist, he just comes and he performs for three days. And he goes away and nobody sees him again. So he's at his very best. But you see, the advantage for the evangelist, the disadvantage for the evangelist, that he doesn't have a congregation that are constantly supporting him. You get it? So you who have the congregation constantly supporting him, they are also constantly becoming familiar. And the evangelist has... Uh, no congregation, so he, he, is, he is so much well-respected and well-received, but he doesn't also have a regular income. So choose which one you like. And you may end up choosing the one with the familiarity. Amen. The next point you must know is that close people have been known to overcome familiarity and receive anointings and great gifts from those whom they are close to. amen 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 Amen. I see you becoming close and yet receiving the anointing I said and yet receiving the anointing you can be close to your pastor you can chat with him you can talk with him you can relate with the man of God whom God has given you and yet you can even sleep in the same room with him and yet you will be able to receive from him hallelujah Hallelujah. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Are you still around? Yes. Tell the person... Are you, you're writing on the point. Close people have been what? No. Known to overcome familiarity. And receive what? And receive what? Great anointings. Example number one. The eleven disciples. Amen. The eleven disciples... Where people, people who received, everybody turn to first John chapter one. Quickly, quickly, you want to finish this one now. We are talking about Lady Master Pastor Michal. Ch- lady, um, I say, Lady Chapter John First John chapter one, verse one, that which was from the beginning. "...which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested unto us." Now verse 3, "...that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with the Son, with the Son Jesus Christ." And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Amen. Notice, he said, that which we have seen, we've heard, and we've actually handled. That is Jesus Christ, the word of life. They've actually seen him. It's not something they just heard about. But they've seen him. They've talked with him. They've actually handled him. In other words, they've been close to him. They've held his hand. They've played with him. Amen. They've eaten with him. They've shaken his hand. They've hugged him. They've handled, they carried his body. It's that that which we received? We have received it and we've had it. We handled it. The word of life that we are declaring unto you. We were there. We were close. We saw it. We held it. We talked with it. It was real. So close people have been known to become very anointed in spite of the fact that they are close. So in, in, even, even though familiarity is an evil and unavoidable disease, yet you can see that some people are able to break through and still have it. Peter was suffering from familiarity one day. Remember? One day, Jesus asked him, Who do people say? What are, what are people saying about me? And Peter said, Some people say you're Elijah some people say you are some great man of God some people say this some people say that my sister that, please some people say this some people say that amen then Jesus said who do you say that I am then he said you're the son of God I believe you are Christ the son of the living God and then Jesus said this is inspiration <laughs> then Jesus sat down with his disciples here come three disciples four disciples oh bring your chair let's chat Jesus sat down with his four disciples and of course who was at his right hand side who was at his right hand side Peter and he so he told Peter he said to Peter he said to Peter, Oh, where are you? We are chatting. Sit <laughs> oh. well. I'll change you right now.
2: <laughs> now,
1: we are chatting. And I'm asking, w- w- What are people saying? Uh, move the pulpit here. Uh, move this one. What are people saying, Peter? Uh, uh, Michael.
3: Some say you Elias,
2: the prophet.
1: Some say Elijah. What are people saying?
2: One of the prophets.
1: So, Peter, what are people saying? Oh, you
2: are the son of God.
1: What are people saying? Not you. You are a prophet. You say, I'm, I'm great. Eh? You see, it's only when you are feeling free with somebody that you can ask him. So, what do people say? Is it not true? Because to ask that is like it's a bit some way. What are people saying about me? What do you think about that? So as we are chatting, I said, Peter, so who do you think I am?
2: Oh, you are the son of God. Son of God.
1: Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. The Holy Ghost. Hmm. There's something that I wanted to tell you guys. I have to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die in Jerusalem. Suffer. And it's going to be horrible. What do you think about that? You don't have to die. I don't have to die. I cannot die. Now you see, he's not acting the play well, but if he was if he was acting it well, he said, Peter said never it will not happen it will not happen and yeah and Jesus turned around to Peter and said Satan get be behind me sometimes you have to call some people Satan for them to wake up and know what they are not amen, amen. go back to your seat now listen you must know something that the fact that somebody has relaxed with you and is chatting with you does not mean that you are supposed to tell him now what he should do he he has not asked you to tell him what to do now you are saying what he will do and what he will not do peter presumed on the relationship and started to talk about things which did not concern him and had moved into something that he was not supposed to talk about amen are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. And was talking and making comments about something that he should never talk about or never make comments about. It doesn't concern him. It's above him. It's beyond him. But because of the chats they just had. When you read Matthew 16, you see, they just finished chatting about that. And then he started saying things that he should never have said. Now let me tell you, familiarity can be detected by a comment. Like if somebody says to me, You men, that's what you say. I'm counseling you, and you tell me that you men, that is what you say. It's because of familiarity that you you call me you men. I've heard it more than once. You men. So now I'm just a man. Give me some volume, please, brother. Give me some volume. Now I'm just a man because... That is how you see me. That's why you are saying you men. You men, when I advise you, that's why there are a whole lot of people I don't advise anymore. I just watch them play. Because when I advise you, you will tell me that you men. And you see me as a man. And therefore I don't have to advise you because I'm just a mere man. Amen, I don't have to talk anymore about you or about your life. Because anything that I say, you will tell me that you men. Amen. Amen. How many women have heard a woman say you men? I've heard my sisters say that to me, my earthly sisters. It's normal. I think I've heard Philippa say, you may, not to me, but men. I heard you say, men, something men. <laughs> Have you heard her say that before? You heard her say that before? I've heard her say that
2: before.
1: <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's, it's true. It's something that you say. And men, but it's, it's, it's so it's like. The great man of God and everybody will all be brought down to the level of men. men. Me there is something in my spirit that chants about that I will withdraw from you. I I should come and then I will share my most precious counsel and then it will be degraded to the human. So say, You pastors you pastors. I will withdraw. Because there are places when I open my mouth they say, yes, Bishop. Yes, Bishop. So when? Today? Tomorrow? What should I do? I would rather be with those people and share my precious things. I should share my precious whatever with you. And then you tell me that when I share my precious word with you, then you tell me that I'm on his side or I'm on her side. It means you are sick. Because if I'm counseling you and I'm counseling you as a man of God, now you see it as Somebody with partisan eyes who is taking his side or her side. I've heard it many times. When I hear that word, I withdraw from you. Because I don't want to speak Because You don't see it as the words of a man of God. You see it as somebody who is down on earth taking sides with issues. How many agree with what I'm talking about? You're on her side. You're on his side. You're on her side, his side. His side, her side. I said, you can see familiarity from comments. If you come and you tell me that I've preached. One time I preached somebody said, somebody was telling me, that, look, you summarized this one and so on, and that you summarized it enough, and if you could, you know, move on. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had all this one before. That is a sign of terrible familiarity. Terrible familiarity. <laughs> yeah. Familiarity is seen through comments. I'm preaching to you and you are telling me, look, summarize. <laughs> Summarise. It's a terrible familiarity. Amen. I'm preaching and you're telling me that I'm preaching about this thing too much. It's because of a certain terrible arrogance and presumption and familiarity that you would now begin to analyze my preaching when you have never preached before when you have never started a church before i dare you go and start a church and not, and not, and not only start a church in a place where lighthouse is known but go to a place where lighthouse is not known and start a church there I had a pastor. He started a church where Lighthouse was known. Within two weeks, I think he had about 35 members. Well, three weeks, uh, the members were coming. Then one day he had almost almost 100 members. And I said, I met him and I said to him, Brother, you have the fastest growing church. And he said, I said, you're the man. And he said, <laughs> Bishop, uh, glory to God.
2: <laughs> then
1: I sent him to a place where there was no Lighthouse church. The same person who had the fastest growing church. The church couldn't work. Months and months and months and months went by. No member. I will not tell you the end of that story. Oh yeah. I won't even tell you the end of that story. Oh yeah. And you have the terrible familiarity and arrogance to criticize my preaching. I am preaching to you at a camp meeting and you are telling me in your mind or to somebody that i should move on i should say this i said why don't i talk a bit about that and so on wonderful 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 you are great you are great i'll put you here for a few minutes recently i met with my pastor. at heard i told someone i said look you if you become if i put you there to preach i said you don't know anything about preaching if i put you there to preach and some people realize that you are the one who is now preaching nobody will come to the church again after a few weeks, you see that the whole church will get finished. If they realize that you are the one who is preaching. Because you don't know anything about preaching. And somebody is preaching. And he's <laughs> preaching well. And every preaching has good and bad. Every preaching has imperfect aspects. And now, your familiarity is so much now you make comments, you correct, and you give marks. It's terrible. So sometimes you see people's reaction to you, and you realize that it is familiarity that will make somebody make certain comments it's an unfortunate thing. Amen. So familiarity is something that we must deal with but close people have been known to overcome familiarity. Now the next group of people I want you to see, amen, who were were close but overcame familiarity were two friends of Jesus. Martha and Mary, turn to Luke chapter 10 verse 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, I'm giving you examples of people who succeeded. They were close, but the familiarity did not kill them. These were two ladies who were friends of Jesus. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. But Martha was troubled about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care... That my sister has left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, huh, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part. which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. How many agree that Jesus was close with Mary and Martha? They were his friends. Huh? Now, Pastor Steve said something that uh, he doesn't know whether if you become the friend of the pastor, you are crossing that line. How many understand what I'm talking about? Now, what you must understand is that a pastor too has friends. Amen. Because if you don't have friends, I mean, Adam, Eve was created because Adam did not have friends. It was necessary. Amen. So Pastor 2 is going, I have friends. I have people that I chat with, I people that I, I laugh with, amen, to various degrees, hallelujah. Now, notice John chapter 11, just turn from Luke to John. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Verse 5. Verse 5. Notice verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now if Jesus had been married... His wife may have had a problem with Martha and Mary. Careful. But Jesus was not married. But anyway, they were his friends. Verse 6. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode still two days. Verse 7. Let us go after that saith to the disciples. Let's go to Judea. Alright. Verse 18, now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. Eight furlongs is one mile, so two miles and one-eighth of a mile. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, Lord, if thou had been here... My brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection. You know, there were two different sisters. If you you look at the two of them, you realize that Jesus' response to the two of them was different. He responded to Mary different from Martha. Because they were different people. Even in this miracle that he came to do. What he told Martha was different from what he told Mary. He, he, he gave Martha a teaching when she came, that when Mary came, he gave her a miracle, because they, they, even though they were both friends with him, they were different in their attitude and their relationship to him. He was, "Look at the teaching. <laughs> Verse 24. "How many want a miracle from the Lord?" <laughs> Martha said unto him, "I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last hour." Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? He was teaching her. Are you listening to me? (laughs) She said unto him, Yeah, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. which should come into the world. And when she had said so, she went and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly. And came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. Verse 31. And the Jews that were with her in the house comforted her. And when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. You get it? They were in the house, and then they saw Mary getting up to go out. And all the people in the house saw she was going to the uh, next time. She was going to Cryden, And so they said that she's going to weep over there. Are you with me on, the, on the, in this miracle? Watch closely. Oh. You are going to learn something right there. How many want to be a Mary and rather, rather than a Martha? Huh? Only 14 people. Okay. Now, verse 32. When Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou had been here... amen Amen. if thou had been here my brother had not died is that in verse 32 look at verse 21 huh look at verse 21 what's the difference same thing then said Martha, are you there? Yes, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now. Then Jesus gave them wild teachings. Then verse 32. Then when Mary was come down, she said, if you had been here, my brother had not died. Verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her, he saw her weeping. And the Jews also weeping. Which came with her. He groaned in the spirit. And was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? I see God saying to you, where is the problem? Where is the problem tonight? Where is the problem tonight? I will heal that problem tonight. I will heal that problem tonight. I will heal that problem tonight. tonight. You see, you can be close to somebody, but in the wrong way. Mary would sit down and choose the right part of her relationship with Jesus. But Martha was doing so many things and she was not intimate with the Lord, really. Because she was cooking and preparing. Sometimes we go for PFI or we go to somebody's house and whilst you are sitting there, the person is preparing things for the whole period of time that you are there. And you say, come, come, come. And if you don't come, by the time we are going, we will never even see your face. So what is the use of having come to your house? Are you listening to what I'm saying? And he said that Mary When they were cooking and doing all those things Mary came and and sat at the feet of Jesus Talking to him And so when Mary came to Jesus The healing Anointing Was provoked I said the first one provoked teaching anointing But the intimacy And the respect And the flow provoked This time, when the same sentence was said, he became troubled. And he said, where is the problem? I see God asking you for that problem today. And they said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. The next response, Jesus wept. I see Jesus crying over your problem today. Hallelujah. And then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And then some of them said, could not this man which opened the ears of the blind have caused that this man should not die? And then, therefore, again, Jesus came groaning in himself, coming to the grave. And it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto the Lord. You see, she was trying to prevent the miracle. So you see, you can be close, but your identity and your flow is very different it's very different. Hey, study Martha and study Mary. You find that Mary provokes miracles and Martha provokes nothing or teachings. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Then Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha tried to stop it. Then verse 40. Jesus said unto this again. He's starting to teach. If your Bible is in red, you see that red becomes plenty. Anytime Martha comes, there. the red in the in the Bible becomes a lot. As soon as Martha comes around oh, Jesus starts to talk a lot <laughs> to stabilize the situation correct her train her <laughs> but for Mary who was already close to the heart of Jesus there was no much talking when he said you no know, Jesus groaning in him he, tra- he wept in himself and he wanted to provoke the miracle I see that great miracle everything that is hidden by a stone in your life whether it's prosperity whether your husband is behind that stone whether your new car is behind that stone i see the stone being rolled away in the name of jesus and i see your husband coming out of the hidden corners of the cave in jesus name everything that prevents you from becoming a blessed person pastor richard is being rolled away in jesus name i said it's rolled away i say i see it rolling oh i see it rolling, rolling 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 there are some people here you can't get pregnant but from tonight you can get pregnant in jesus name Amen. the stone that was blocking your womb is being rolled away every dryness of breast and miscarrying of womb is broken in jesus name <laughs> now i say anytime you see the word matha you see more red marks in the bible all right verse 40 jesus saith unto her said i not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe thou shouldest see the glory of god Then they took away the stone from the place where it was dead, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin, Jesus saith unto him, Loose him, and let him go. Amen. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus believed on him. Hallelujah. So I'm saying that you can provoke dead raising anointings from a man of God in spite of being close to the person. And Mary was a good example. I said Mary was a good example. Hallelujah. Like somebody said, Judas was familiar with Christ but John was intimate. And there's a difference. Because you see, at the last supper... They asked John, they asked, ask him, who is going to betray you? And Jesus put his, John put his uh, head on Jesus' breast and asked him. You see, so he, he was very close to Jesus, but he was not familiar. He was, he was very precious. They, they, they started to call him the disciple whom Jesus loved. So you see you can be close but there's a certain closeness that is different from the other kind of closeness Which does not provoke the anointing When Jesus was on the cross he told some of the most precious words to John He said John behold thy mother And he said to his mother mother behold thy son This was a man he had worked with he was a friend Everybody knew that Jesus liked him he was close so much so that he could even physically put his head on his chest normally a person like that to become some way but judas was familiar when jesus was eating jesus said look i'm going to take some of the stew because they were eating it like uh, uh rice and uh, no how do you have what do you have do you have anything here that you eat with kinky and stew or how, what other food do you have you take some papadum and uh, no uh naan bread and uh, the curry indian curry isn't it He's not eating Indian curry before, okay, naan bread. Next time on a honeymoon, go and ask for naan bread, okay? Now you take some of the naan bread, then you, you smear a bit of the uh, the what? Chicken vindaloo, and then you take a bit of the curry. Are you with me? And then you eat it. So as they had the naan bread was there or the kinki was there, whatever you had there, Jesus told John. The one that when I put my hand in, he will also put his hand in. He's the one. He's the one. When I hold the bread, he will try to take it first. Or even, he'll, even the respect will allow me to take my blow first. So that he will take his. That's the guy. That's a guy. He's the man. I said, he's the man. So you see two people close, two men close, two women close. John and Judas, Mary and Martha. One seemed to have, Jesus would constantly rebuking Martha. Look, you are very busy. about, And it was Martha who was preparing food. And Jesus told Martha, you are busy, too much food and all this. Mary has chosen the right. She was sitting there and he was ministering with her and just talking with her. But Martha was looking for food, trying to impress him with food. You can be close and you can be anointed. Amen. Amen. I see you. Now, I'm teaching you this because you are going to be pastor of thousands. So, when you are pastor of thousands, the people nearest of the thousands, you see them looking at you like that. When you come to church. ah." Sometimes when I take my Bible, fourth service especially, I take my Bible and I look at that. "Ah, I tell you people, <laughs> uh, I will stop preaching right now. I told them that there are certain places that when I go to visit them, as I'm entering the hall, I haven't even preached or opened my up. They will start clapping for me. And I'm preaching to you here, powerful messages. And you are zoning and sleeping. And, oh, man. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful. And I noticed something like that. You find that visitors who don't know me, often they would be the ones who come and say, in fact, we are really blessed. It was so powerful. I've never heard anything like that. day I was preaching, a man who was from America was saying that, look, as he was listening to the word, he said that if this preaching was in America, the way the people would have been shouting and jumping, and I was looking at them so quiet. I was preaching about David's success. And he said, man. One person read my book. He said to me, if the name on the book had been Mike Murdoch, perhaps people would have even taken the thing differently but the thing is so powerful (laughs) hallelujah you can be close and you'll be anointed now there have been close people who have been anointed sister don't move don't move oh i wanted to take a picture yeah oh great oh i wanted to show you one of the signs of familiarities right if only you just stay in that position oh she's moving see the sister in the green shirt <laughs> you see? see That posture, I didn't. When will you finish? (laughs) When will you finish? We are tired, we are tired.